The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. And go for Mike Slater in three, two, one. You're listening to Mike Slater, part of the next generation of talk radio, only on the Blaze Radio Network. We've got a little more information coming in uh, as this is all happening right now with this white supremacist rally and now just turned into total chaos in uh, Virginia. And a car just rammed right into a crowd, one dead, 19 injured, uh, a bunch of video of it from different perspectives. There are a lot of people there uh, recording all the protests that were going on. So there's a lot of different video. I've seen a few of them. It's uh, pretty brutal and awful. So this is what you're going to hear about for the next couple of days. That story right there. Um, I, I'm so... Excuse my cynicism, and, and as I, of course, we mourn with those who mourn, and it's a horrible situation. Someone lost their life here. I am so over these protests. I'm so over them. I don't see myself ever going to one, ever, 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 ever. I can't imagine a scenario where I would think protesting like this would ever be a good thing. How could that possibly be? What do people think is going to happen? I'm shocked that there aren't more people killed at every, uh, these all the time. And the police are in a no-win, right? When the police stand back and let the people fight it out, it escalates and people die. When they get more involved and they stop things before they get out of hand, well, then the police are too militarized and getting and cringing on our freedom of speech. So they can't, the police can't win. We are country... Our society can only exist if we are a virtuous people. Our founders said it. We all know it. And we're not. They're not. As a whole, we are not. And you, you get stuff like this. Again, I'm shocked this doesn't happen all the time. All the time, every time. Every time there's a protest, people don't do stuff like this. Amazing. We'll talk more about it, obviously, as we get more information, and I'm sure you're going to hear all about it uh, next couple of days here. Uh, I want to get back to the Google thing the other day. This is the big story of the week, and we haven't talked much about the, the what he wrote himself, right? You can go read it. But there's some bigger themes that this whole thing exposed. And I want to go a little deeper into feminism here for just a minute. Third wave feminism. I mentioned this in the last hour, but I want to go a little deeper here and why this is a problem. So third wave feminism, it's the third iteration of feminism. It's feminism 3.0, if you will. There's three different aspects. First, there's no such thing as biological gender. This is the whole transgender thing. Second thing is men and women are the same, not just equal, but the same. So this is why they try to make men be more like women and women more like men. An example of men being more like women. Did we mention last week? I don't know if we did, but L'Oreal said that within five years, they're going to have makeup counters in the in department stores just for men. So men, male makeup counters in department stores. Okay, so we're trying to make men more like women. There's a million examples of that. The third uh, aspect is all men are awful. So no such thing as biological gender. Men and women are the same and all men are awful. Now, each of those is wrong, but it's impossible to hold all three of those beliefs at the same time. How can men and women be, be the same and men are awful? That doesn't, like, none of those things make sense. So feminism, totally off the rails. And I want to quote here from Mark Manson. He wrote a really great piece on this the other day. And I want to echo a bunch of his thoughts here. First things first, philosophically, feminism got it right. 
right? The base foundation, and this is going to tie in here a little bit actually to uh, this rally here. Philosophically got it right. All people, regardless of gender, should be afforded the same rights and respect as any one of the other gender, right? That's, that's the philosophy behind feminism. It's all good. But then it became tribal. And this is where we get in trouble. George Carlin said, I love individuals. I love individuals. I hate groups of people. I hate groups of people with a common purpose because pretty soon they have little hats and armbands and fight songs and a list of people that they're going to visit at 3 a.m. So I dislike and despise groups of people, but I love individuals. So Manson said, once you get a group of people together, organized for a single purpose, achieving political leverage and adopting power, building institutions and careers for themselves, all sorts of bad human tendencies start to take over. This is where you, if you don't have virtue, these bad human tendencies take over. He says, all humans, we are, as humans, we are tribal by nature. Our natural default is to see ourselves as part of some group that's struggling against some other group at all times. And once we're a part of our little group, our little tribe, we adopt all sorts of biases and preferences. We construct belief systems that justify our group's power and superiority. We create tests of whether other people are true and pure members of our group. And we either shame non-believers into conformity or we simply expel them from the tribe. So those stalwart feminist activists of the 60s and 70s who were burning the bras or whatever, many of them moved into academia. They got graduate degrees and wrote books and founded departments and held conferences and created political organizations and had fundraisers and started magazines. And pretty soon feminism was no longer a cause for these people. It was their career. Their paychecks depended on there being oppression everywhere they looked. Their departments depended on it. Their professional careers and speaking fees depended on it. And so they found it. They found patriarchy. They found oppression everywhere. And thus, philosophical feminism became tribal feminism. That's the big problem. Remember we played a quote a couple of weeks ago of Peter Thiel. We played a video of Peter Thiel. And he said, if you want to find racism everywhere, you'll find it. But the problem is, if you go searching for it and you find racism everywhere, you're going to find racists everywhere. And then society crumbles. And honestly, you destroy it. Or you had a major part in it. And I think it's the same thing here. If you want to find sexism everywhere, you'll find it. You'll find it. And this is why people every once in a while complain about the women's soccer team making less money than the men. Right? Even though men fill up stadiums and the women don't get anywhere near the attendance or advertising revenue as the men's team. But it's got to be sexist because I got to find it everywhere. And when sexism is everywhere, then there are sexists everywhere. And society is further divided and crumbles. And I think it's mostly the fault of the people who are looking for it all the time. And I think it ties into this protest going on the other day too, or right now, excuse me, the other day, going on right now. Uh, you have these messed up white supremacists, totally 
perverted, screwed up thinking. And they see, I don't even know what they see, right? They see the other groups, the other tribes, whatever, winning. I, like, who knows? They're so messed up. I can't even get them inside their head, right? But they see it everywhere. And then it all becomes institutionalized and they're a part of their group and, and, and they increase in what they think is power and prestige and they have these marches and blah, blah, blah. But then you have these other people who want to see sex uh, racism everywhere. And they're like, oh, look, there's a pro, there's a, there's a, some white supremacist. Let's go and protest them. And then we got the protesters who's there. They think their livelihood depends on it. And then you got these other people who think they're in it for a righteous cause by tearing down these white supremacists. And then it just explodes and explodes and gets worse, worse, worse. And then you get people dying. Everyone's lost their minds. Remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about Japanese Americans during World War II. And, and I, if I was ever given this task, and there's no wrong answer here really, right? But if I was given this task, I'd say that the men of the 442 during World War II is the greatest story in American history. I know that's a big claim, and like I'm not going to stick my flag in this because someone will be like, well, what about this? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I were to pick one, the men of the 442. So these were Japanese Americans who joined the military after the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor and after their families were interned, rounded up in the middle of the night and put in internment camps. And these men joined the military to fight against the Japanese and, and they purposefully intentionally wanted to prove the stereotypes wrong. So they joined the military and fought with incredible bravery while they, they brought, they fought for a country who was interning their family members back home, but they wanted to prove everyone wrong so badly. I feel like there's so many people today who, it's like we're trying to prove everyone right. We're trying to prove everyone's worst suspicions of us right. <laughs> right? Someone will say, hey, you're, uh, you uh, white nationalists, you guys are uh, violent. And someone's like, and they're like, no, we're not. Or, or it's the other way. It's, we'll show you how violent we are. And it's like, Black Lives Matter. Gosh, you guys are totally out of control. Yeah, we are. And they get more, like everyone's just going crazier and crazier trying to prove the worst suspicions of us right. Meanwhile, no desire to stand for what is true. No desire to stand for what is virtuous. No desire to prove everyone wrong. This stuff is all becoming too institutionalized. It's becoming too tribal. Livelihoods are depending on people behaving the worst, like the worst aspects of themselves. And of course, this is going to be the end result. One eight 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 nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Mike Slater show the Blaze Radio Network. Spread the word. This is Mike Slater on the Blaze Radio Network.
to Mike Slater. Crusaders. Thanks for being here. Uh, let's do one more last thought here on this whole Google manifesto, then we'll move on to other things. Uh, this is insight from a neuroscientist at the University of York. It's in England. Um, she goes on to explain why. So this is, goes back to men and women are different and are shocking, right? And remember Larry Summers, pre- former president of Harvard. He was fired in 2005 because he said men and women are different. And he shared a story of his daughter who they wanted to, you know, gender neutral parenting. And he gave her trucks. He gave his daughter two trucks and she played with them as if there was daddy truck and baby truck. (laughs) Right. Men, Men and women are different. Boys and girls are different. So let me quote here from this scientist here and I'll explain why boys and girls are different and why they play with different toys. Um, let me quote here. As mentioned in the memo, gendered interests are predicted by exposure to prenatal testosterone. Higher levels are associated with the preference for mechanically interesting things and occupations in adulthood. Lower levels of testosterone, prenatal testosterone, so still in the womb, lower levels are associated with a preference for people-oriented activities and occupations. This is why STEM fields tend to be dominated by men. We see evidence for this in girls with a genetic condition called congenital adrenal hyperplasia who are exposed to unusually high levels of testosterone in the womb. Right? So you have a girl in the womb and there's this condition where there's, there's more testosterone than normal. When they are born, these girls prefer male typical wheeled toys such as trucks even if their parents offer more positive feedback when they play with female typical toys such as dolls similarly men who are interested in female type activities were likely exposed to lower levels of testosterone in the womb why So why boys like trucks and girls like dolls is, I don't want to say 100% determined, but but influenced strongly by the amount of testosterone that's in the womb. That's amazing. We've got another study here. Again, men and women are different. Uh and if there's any women listening now who uh, I want to ask you, have you ever had trouble sleeping at night? Have you ever had trouble because your brain is just on overdrive? Just you just can't just can't shut it down. You're thinking, you're worried, regrets of the day, things I didn't do, things I still have to do. Oh my gosh! And this person, and that person, and my kids, and the husband, and this, and I can blah 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 blah. blah. You just can't. I know guys are like this too, but mostly women. I think it's the number one reason why people can't get sleep well is their brain is just on overdrive. So this is the uh, a new study. It's the largest study ever done on brain imaging. And they found that the cerebral cortex, part of a woman's brain, the cerebral cortex is much more active than a man's. A cere- the cerebral cortex is primarily involved in impulse control and emotions and mostly mood and anxiety more active in a woman's brain than a man's brain. 
And the lead author of this study said this is very important study to help understand gender-based brain differences. Well, don't tell anyone at Google that there are gender-based brain differences. The fact that women showed greater blood flow in the prefrontal cortex compared to men may explain why women tend to exhibit greater strengths in the areas of empathy, intuition, collaboration, self-control, and appropriate concern. Empathy. So there you go. That's exactly what the guy at Google was saying. That women have a more empathy brain. They do better with collaboration. So maybe we should, uh, instead of forcing women into, into tech or preventing men from getting into tech to make more room for women, we should have more collaboration at Google. So that way women would want to get in. That's, that, that's, I mean, that's unbelievable that this is controversial. The study also found increased blood flow in limbic areas of the brains of women, which may partially explain why women are more vulnerable to anxiety, depression, insomnia, and eating disorders. Right? So another part of a woman's brain tends to be more active which leads to uh, these negative things. Again, don't tell anyone at Google that there are differences between a man's brain and a, and a woman's brain. Just again, stunning that this is controversial and we have to even have this conversation. But this is also the, this is not on this is the effect of third wave feminism. Remember the three tenets. Never forget these. First, I'll go backwards. The third one is that men are awful. The second is that, oh, so, and so men are awful, right? Here's the patriarchy. The patriarch, patriarchy at Google uh, discriminating against women. Men are awful. Uh, you got a bunch of women suing Google for workplace discrimination because of this memo, right? So men are awful. That's number three. Number two, men and women are the same. That's the cause of all this outrage, right? Men and women have to be the same. And this guy's like, well, no, they're di- men and women are different. Not better or worse, different. We need both. Diversity is good, but but let's acknowledge that men and women are different. Nope, can't have that. That's the second aspect. The first is that there's no such thing as a biological difference between men and women. So all this science here about biological differences between men and women, and I'm not even talking about uh, 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 private parts, whatever. I'm talking about brain biological differences. You can't even talk about that. even though more and more science is coming out every day to prove it. So there's third wave feminism, which has entirely caused this Google controversy where if we didn't have third wave feminism infesting our society, infecting our society, then this guy would have written this memo and everyone would have said, Oh, he makes some really interesting points. We should maybe, we should maybe uh, think about that. (laughs) Right. Instead, it was a week of, oh, my God, it's unbelievable. 1-888-933-93. 1-888-933-93. All right, we'll come back. We'll give you the latest on what's going on in uh, Charlottesville right now. That car rammed into a crowd of people. Don't know who, what the crowd was, who did it. We know nothing yet, but one dead, 19 injured so far. A lot of video of it. You're going to be hearing a lot of it in the next couple days here. Unbelievable. Mike Slater Show. The Blaze. Radio Network, spread the word. This is Mike Slater, part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network.
Mike Slater. Slater Crusaders. I want to talk about the depths of a lie. I want to use one specific topic to uh, to do this, but keep in mind that there's lies like this all over the place. Uh, I would say that most people at this protest in Charlottesville are just consume these lies constantly. I mean, deep, profound lies. I don't just mean. Uh, you know, the tax rate is 34. Really? I thought it was 36. Like that's like misconception. I'm deep, deep lies. And they're acting out on behalf, uh, based on them. So I want to pick one topic, but just know that everyone or a lot of people are acting uh, based off of lies like this. I think the, uh, and I'm doing this topic in light of just talking about feminism a second ago. I think the greatest and and the worst manifestation of the feminist ideology is that women should be for abortion or pro-choice. That is that is the worst manifestation of feminism. Because if a woman's nature, as we just talked about, if a woman's nature is to love people and to care and have compassion right and empathy that's the that's the woman's brain right it's wired to have more of that than a man uh, especially to her offspring if that's the natural human tendency in women then to convince women to not continue on with their most inherent instinct proves the depth and insidiousness of the lie lindy west wrote an op-ed in the New York Times the other day. She's the author of Shrill, Notes from a Loud Woman. Okay. Uh, her argument is that Democrats should have a litmus test that says you have to be pro-choice. Right? So she's saying there's no such thing as a pro-life Democrat. There shouldn't be. She says there's no recognizable version of the Democratic Party that does not fight unequivocally against half of its constituents being stripped of ownership of their bodies and lives. This represents everything Democrats purport to stand for. To legislatively oppose abortion is to be at best indifferent to the disenfranchisement, suffering, and even possibly death of a woman. At worst, it is to revel in these things, to believe them fundamental to the natural order. Right. So I want to I want to outline just a couple lies here. So she's saying right here that abortion is fundamental to the natural order. How can that be? Think about that for a second. How can that be? How can ending life, and even if you want to see it as a potential for life, which we'll get to in a second, but how can you, how can you think that ending life is the natural order? How can that possibly be? That's a lie. It's an obvious lie. (laughs) Next one. Uh, To be anti-choice on a policy level is absolutely indefensible from an economic justice, racial justice, gender justice. (laughs) I can't, it's not... It can't just be justice anymore, right? What a great example of all the tribalness that we were talking about about half an hour ago. The tribalness. 
that exists in everything. We have economic justice, racial justice, gender justice, and a human rights standpoint. And if the Democratic Party does not stand for any of those things, what on earth is it? So I love the racial justice. I'll just pick that one out. Remember, more black babies are aborted in New York City than born every year. More black babies are aborted in New York City than than, than born. Amazing. Just think of the lengths that parents went to to have their babies and keep their babies and their families intact during slavery and just after slavery. And today, the number and the flippancy and celebration even of the abortion of black babies. It's unbelievable the difference. And keep in mind, Planned Parenthood was founded, founded on ridding the world of the undesirables. That is black and disabled people. So again, the depths of the lie that that people today can say that to be pro-abortion is racial justice. How can killing 900 black babies a day be racial justice? (laughs) What are you talking about? 900 black babies a day are aborted and that's racial justice. Hmm. All right, I'll end on this one. Abortion, she says, is not a fringe issue. Abortion is liberty. Gosh, again, what a great lie. Abortion's liberty. Quick note here. Liberty is not the freedom to do whatever you want. Like she feels it is. Liberty is not the freedom to do whatever you want. It's the absence of force. And what other way can you describe abortion other than force? It's force against the baby. So there's four lies. Deep insidious lies first that if you're a woman you should be pro-choice pro-abortion second abortion is fundamental to the natural order what third abortion is racial justice and fourth abortion is liberty now if you're a woman you should be pro-life life is fundamental to the natural order not killing black babies is racial justice And life is liberty. Not abortion. I'm like, what? It's unbelievable. Gosh, how could we have uh, fallen so far with this? I want to take an early break. Uh, Keep that in mind. If if people, this is a New York Times op-ed. If people can write this in the New York Times and, and others believe it, these, these are fundamental foundational truths that she's lying about. I mean, I, I don't even know which one's the most absurd. I'll, I'll do this one. Abortion is fundamental to the natural order. What do you, how, how can that be? Take that to the extreme. Everyone's dead. Like, <laughs> Life is fundamental to the natural order. Making life, raising babies to become adults so that they can have babies. Like that's the natural order. Not killing people. But people just live live their life in in this world with these lies. And it's the same thing with these people in Charlottesville. Gosh, I bet if you were there, you would feel the darkness. It, it would you would it would feel evil it would feel wrong 
it was just, oh, wow, everyone's living in like the matrix here. Everyone is totally, totally out of their minds. No one's thinking properly. No one has their vision in line with truth at all. And it's because there are just lies everywhere. So much darkness, not nearly enough light. Mike Slater Show, The Blaze Radio Network. Spread the word. Mike Slater. We'll continue in a moment. On the Blaze Radio Network. So it's going on in Charlottesville right now, but these protests have happened for a long time all over the place. Portland, they do happen frequently in Portland. Just crazies on all sides. I mean, you got this, the Antifa, stands for anti-fascists, which is very George Orwell, right? Just flip it around. Right? They, they are fascists. They say they're anti-fascists, but they're fascists. <laughs> I want to share a story here of Carrie Smith. This is someone who considered herself a social justice warrior. Another meaningless term. Intentionally made that way to disguise their real intent. But alas. Uh, It's a story of a girl who realized how full of hate she really was as a social justice warrior. And she decided to stop That's it. It was a choice she made to stop being full of hate for everyone who is not in her cult. And you think, well, say that's impossible. You can't just choose to not hate. Yeah, you can. She says, I see increasing numbers of so-called liberals. And and, and her, let me just say this, her situation, she is a progressive, right? Now, you can flip this around and take someone who is a white supremacist or whatever. It's the same thing. It's just stop hating whatever your original hate was. I see increasing numbers of so-called liberals cheering censorship and defending violence as a response to speech. I see seemingly reasonable people wishing death on others and laughing at escalating suicide and addiction rates of the white working class. I see, con- I see concepts like equality and justice being used as a mask for resentful murderous rage. This is the sentence I like the most of what she said. She said, I've been dwelling in this Nietzsche quote uh, for almost six months now. He who fights with monsters should be careful lest he thereby become a monster. And if you gaze long into the abyss, the abyss will also gaze into you. She says, how how easy is it for ordinary humans to commit atrocious acts? History teaches us it's pretty darn easy when you're blinded to your own hypocrisy. When you believe you are morally superior, when you have dehumanized those you disagree with, you can justify almost anything. In a particularly vocal part of the left, justification for dehumanizing and committing violence against those on the right has already begun. And she goes on, but could you think of a better example of this right here? Then getting in your car 
think about this. So, so again, she says, how is easy is it for ordinary humans to commit atrocious acts? Pretty easy when you're blinded by your own hypocrisy. So this guy, assuming it's a guy, he's in custody. Go like wakes up in the morning, this morning, and says, "I'm going to go to this rally." That's mistake number one. Then, in the midst of it, who knows what he was doing the last couple hours? Who he was yelling at? Who was yelling at him? Who blah blah whatever whatever happened? Decides to get in his car, walk to his car, wherever he parked. Get in his car, turn it on, drive back to the protest. You know, maybe he uh, wanted to turn right on this street, but it was a one way. So he had to go another street and wait at the stoplight for a couple seconds and then turn right and go around the block and come back. And then he had to line up. Right. So my point, like there was like a lot of time here. This wasn't a split second decision. And then gets his car right, right, where, right where he needs to go and decides to put the pedal to the metal all the way and into the crowd of people. That man blinded to his own hypocrisy. Pretty easy to commit atrocious acts when you're that blind and when you believe so many lies. And this is why I wanted to put in my book the story of Daryl Davis. He is a black man, plays in a blues band. Blues band. That's where he makes his money. This is his job. But his calling is to convert clan members. How does a black man convert clan members? He befriends them. He's converted over 200 people from the clan. How does he do it? He meets with them in person. And he listens to them. (laughs) He just lets them talk. That's it. Just the act of listening to these people filled with hate. Daryl Davis filled with love. These clan members full of hate. And he listens to them. Now these guys have been raised to hate Daryl because he's black. But then they meet with him. And he listens to them. And then they start to realize that, well, he's not so bad. And then he says, well, how can you hate me? You don't even know me. And then they become friends. And over time, he converts them. They have hate And the only antidote is love. And he is the proof. He's done it 200 times. He met with and befriended the the leader of the clan in Maryland. And they became such good friends. This guy left the clan in Maryland. The clan disbanded. And now since then, there hasn't even been a clan in Maryland. They'll try to have meetings every once in a while. But there are always people from out of town. And it never picks up. Because the leader was was left the clan because of Daryl Davis. Now, there's a black activist, his name's Kwame Rose, who doesn't like this approach. He says, infiltrating the Klan isn't freeing your people. Stop wasting your time going to people's houses who don't love you. A house where they want to throw you under the basement. White supremacists can't change. Daryl Davis says, people of the NAACP say, man, what are you doing having these Klan members over for dinner? Here we are trying to make a difference and you're just pushing us backwards. And Daryl says, how many clan members have you converted? I've converted over 200. Here, look at this closet. He's got a closet at home full of robes of former clan members. And then they shut up. The woman who left this social justice warrior cult, she said, since shedding the prison, 
of my former ideology. I have renewed passion for reading, a newfound interest in philosophy, psychology, history, and spirituality. And instead of trying to fix others these days, I try to focus on improving myself, which I can tell you is a much harder endeavor, but a much better one. My book's called How to Change Someone's Mind. You can find it on Amazon. Pick it up and and listen to the story of Daryl Davis. There's a uh, Netflix documentary about Daryl Davis as well. And you can watch that. And that's what this world clearly, obviously, needs more of. Mike Slater Show, The Blaze Radio Network. Spread the word. You're listening to Mike Slater on The Blaze Radio Network.